Good day. Yes, I say good day. This is Eric Sinrod, and I'm here with Jonathan Armstrong from Cordery. I'm with Dwayne Morris, and we're bringing you your weekly Tech Law 10. We're going strong. This is where the law and information technology intersect. So, Jonathan, I like to read your mind. You sometimes read mine as well. Unfortunately, revenge takes many different forms, and uh, it's still with us even in this modern day and age. So tell us, Jonathan, what's on your mind and what have you been learning about new types of revenge? Yes, so uh, thanks very much, Eric, for that kind introduction. In the UK, we've had a big program on Monday on revenge porn. Now, this is something, obviously, that we had a look at maybe 20 podcasts or so ago. But since then, it seemed that there have been a number of developments that are probably worth talking about, particularly when we're in the week of Ashley Madison. And we should take just one split nanosecond, maybe, Eric, to pat ourselves on the back for having predicted that that would be the uh, firestorm it currently is. We'll maybe mention that in a minute. But back to revenge porn for now. The uh, Channel 4, which is the uh, second, if you like, um, public service broadcaster over in the UK, did a big expose, if that's the right word, of revenge porn on Monday and had some uh, very interesting comment from victims and from perpetrators of revenge porn. And unfortunately, despite the developments that we talked about last time, it seems that it is still going strong. And they even had some of the owners of these revenge porn portals speaking about what they did and why they did it. Now, let's deal with those people first. There has been a move to try and clamp down on some of these sites on both sides of the Atlantic. And we talked previously about the FTC's interest. In addition, police forces in the UK have been interested in looking at uh, both uh, a new offence that's been connect, can, uh, um, made available in the UK and also some old offences as well. The new offence in the UK has been brought in by the Criminal Justice and Courts Act 2015. Uh, it's an offence for somebody to disclose a private sexual photograph or film if the disclosure is made without the consent of the individual who appears in it with the intention of causing that individual distress second part of the offence is obviously difficult because people are saying, oh, I didn't really mean to cause a distress. Um, but the offence applies to online and offline images. And anyone guilty of the offence could face a prison sentence of two years or a fine or both. And um, a number of police forces say, at least, that they're setting up uh, specific sites to deal with revenge porn and also uh, honor-based, so, well, so-called honor-based revenge porn, which tends to um, be confined to uh, certain communities but is uh, uh, an evil nonetheless. Now, the police are starting to have some success. Um, one of the police forces to the west of the UK um, got... Uh, uh, has had convictions, and just last month, uh, an individual called Lee Brimson uh, admitted printing private sexual photographs and leaving them in a public place. As I say, not confined to the internet, 
although the internet will be the much more common forum for the dissemination of these uh, pictures. Brimson was, was convicted in a magistrate's court, that's the lower criminal court in the UK, who was set in court to have committed a truly vindictive act designed to cause humiliation and distress to his victim. Now, it's important to say that I often think that revenge porn is probably almost too placid a term for it. This is somebody, you know, betraying the trust of somebody they presumably once loved. And, and you know, being finished by somebody or somebody saying that the relationship is at an end doesn't seem to me to be an excuse for posting these photographs of them. It was interesting that the Twitter comment whilst this documentary was going on on Monday was almost 50-50 between people saying this is a, a crime and should be stopped and people saying girls should stop sending pictures of themselves naked to their boyfriends. Um, I, I just wonder if that's a little bit too harsh, um, particularly as some of the victims we know have been driven to self-harm and even suicide as a result of this crime being committed. So it seemed to me that um, it was still a very difficult area to deal with, but in some respects it seemed to me that there were some parallels with Ashley Madison that we talked about two or three podcasts ago. And I'm sure you followed it as well, Eric, but there have, uh, there's now been a data dump. We talked in the last podcast about uh, whoever had perpetrated the attack, saying that unless the Ashley Madison, this site that dealt with uh, online infidelity, closed down, they would leak details of those who'd signed up to the attack. That dump has now taken place. The FBI are apparently investigating the publication of about 9.7 gigabytes of data. That apparently includes around about 1.2 million UK citizens. And interestingly, according to one London newspaper, thousands, in their words, of UK civil servants. I... Um, uh, wonder if that might hasten the new UK uh, and European data breach laws coming into effect, given the large number of people in government who seem to have been affected. I also saw, and I don't know whether you can comment on this, Eric, you know, we talked about uh, marital infidelity being a offence mm -hmm. in some parts of the US. I saw that uh, the US military were apparently investigating a number of their personnel because they said that adultery was in some states a criminal offence and they had a duty to investigate criminal offences committed by uh, serving military personnel. So I wondered if you had a comment on either or both of revenge <laughs> porn or Ashley Madison. Wow, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and there's so much going on there. I, I guess there's sort of a big picture point, and that is human nature. I mean, it'd be nice to say, you know, you know, give practical pointers to people. Look, you know, you never know where your relationship is going to go, and though, so even though you may be 
in love or at least in trust with somebody and you feel that you can engage in you know new photography or videos with them and nothing will happen um, don't do it uh, because you know you never know where the relationship's going to go or how that person might later treat you um, easier said than done um, also from a big picture standpoint you might say to people people you know don't go giving up your personally identifiable information on an adult website like Ashley Madison because you really don't know how secure that information is and next thing you know you and 37 million other people might be revealed as going to an adultery website an adultery hookup website um, easier to say that um, and but it, it just seems Jonathan that human nature is what it is and you know you could say the heart what the heart wants what the heart wants and sometimes the lust wants what the lust wants and you know we can give this type of advice and some people might heed it but by the same token you know people are going to do what they're going to do um, so that being said you know you get to your Twitter point about 50% of people think that you know really revenge porn should be treated as a crime and 50% you know should just you know hey listen you know you women victims because it's normally the woman you know it's you know, it's essentially your fault you shouldn't have engaged in this behavior um, you know that's that's a very interesting split of opinion um, and boy I, I do think um, there need there need to be repercussions for uh, violating trust uh, in these very intimate relationships and there does need to be protection uh, especially when you see what the consequences are where you know there can be suicides and you know tremendous distress um, and so even though we like people perhaps to protect themselves when they feel like they're in trust there should be other protections out there uh, hopefully at least as deterrence to pre prevent people on the front end you know men in particular from thinking about engaging in such revenge tactics um, but beyond that and this probably goes more to the Ashley Madison point I suppose uh, maybe someday you know the shock value will, will just go down uh, you know one thing that the internet does I mean we're all sort of living our lives way out loud and so you know mm. we, we see we, we really see quite vividly uh, you know how people uh, you know behave and it reminds me and I don't know whether I've given this example in the past if I have forgive me but it reminds me of when Gary Hart was running for president and he was the lead democratic candidate here in the United States in, in 1988 as he was running and then there were suspicions that he was engaging in marital infidelity and he essentially challenged the press to, to follow him and next thing you know they found him on a boat off of Florida a boat called monkey business and he was with a model by the name of Donna Rice and there ended his presidential candidacy because oh my oh shock guess what he wasn't faithful in his marriage uh, you know not too many years later I think only about four years later we had William Jefferson Clinton running for president and there were rumors that he wasn't faithful a la uh, Jennifer Flowers and Paula Jones and uh, I believe others and he became president um, and so it's very possible you know as for example with this Ashley medicine dump as for example one uh, US uh, a TV reality star has now admitted that yes you know the data dump revealed that he used Ashley Madison and in fact he wasn't faithful and he had other problems as well it might come to be that 
the overall shock value will go down as we see that humans are humans and we're certainly not perfect and we're fallible. Um, and the only true repercussions will be between the individual people involved. And we won't just be so absolutely shocked that public figures and others, you know, don't live their lives absolutely, you know, perfectly according to some sort of a script. So those are my... I think that's a great point. And I think it is the rarity value that makes it almost uh, uh, newsworthy. I know that um, one journalist has reported today that he was uh, shamed to admit that colleagues of his, I think, almost hadn't left their desk uh, since the data dump was revealed because they're literally going line by line through the uh, email addresses to see who they uh, recognize. And he said he was, uh, it was one of those days, I'm paraphrasing him, when he was ashamed to call himself a journalist when he saw what his colleagues were doing. So I, I think that's a very valid point that it's almost, um, you know, it's, it's the fact that, that all of these things happen in the dark and means when the light's switched on, everyone pays attention. Maybe things right. will change over time, but it's still uh, obviously consequential for many of those who are going to be exposed in the next 24, 48, and 72 hours. And I think we will see the end of political careers. We'll see the end of some uh, military careers, some in the security services or whatever. And, um, you know, in some respects, it's, um, it's easy for people to sit on the sidelines and poke fun, but it will be... Uh, you know, a, a life-defining moment for others. Indeed. Well, all right. Well, this has been a fascinating tech law, Tim. We certainly can't solve all the world's problems, but we can discuss them. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and, we, and, we, and we can try to be thoughtful, and I think we can try to be empathetic. And I think that's one thing we're trying to do in this particular uh, podcast. Um, uh, so, you know, we all, in some ways, live in glass houses, uh, in one realm or another. So hopefully I'm not being too, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't know. Judgmental? Sentimental. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. But I'm certainly not trying to be judgmental. So <laughs> this has been uh, Eric Sinrod and uh, Jonathan Armstrong with your weekly Tech Law 10. We hope to tackle another interesting topic next week and the weeks to come. Please continue to give us ideas uh, for future uh, podcasts. You can reach me at ejsinrod at duanemorris.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. Jonathan? Yeah, Eric's right. You don't need to use the dark web to find us. We're here, um, and the podcasts are certainly available um, both uh, uh, via the Internet or still on iTunes, if that's your preferred way of operating. Do get in touch with us. Use the LinkedIn channels, Twitter, email, send a pigeon. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers.